not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another mobile-rific episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I'm joined tonight by two of my fellow Fanholes to talk some Mobile Suit Gundam Build Fighters. So why don't you guys shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. I'm here. Michael. That's right. Yes. Hey guys, this is Tony. I'm a little sad. We're at the penultimate chapter. We're, we're almost there. We're, we're, we're working our way down. So tonight's episode is episode 24. We got one more episode until the final episode of Build Fighters. This episode is titled Dark Matter. And in the episode, we open up with Majin Kawaguchi, or Yuki, and Alan Adams, and they've got the Exia Dark Matter. And then Chairman Mashida actually enters, demanding that Yuki destroy his opponent, and it kind of dawns on Yuki that maybe the Chairman may have been the person who corrupted the second Majin with all his notions of, you know, kick your enemy when he's down type thing and stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, Christopher Eccleston's back. Dr. Nine is back with his whole new embody set of goggles that he's going to stick on Majin Kawaguchi. I, I I had a question here, actually, because I, I guess this leads into the, the main premise of the fight in this episode. But I I was kind of a little disappointed that, like, at this point I was like, they're already going to retread the whole Isla plot with the Embody stuff. And I kind of felt like, like, didn't we just do this? You know, like, didn't we just have an episode where somebody was sort of mind-controlled and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the fight and the episode and how everything goes down and, you know, how it eventually comes to pass, even in the, the very last episode, the final episode, too, I'm just curious, like, at this point when you watched it, like, what was your initial reaction to the idea that, that President Yuki was going to be, like, a maxi Zoom dweeby and get, like, a Mad Hatter cap on his head and everything? I, I mean, I think one of the things that kind of bugged me is his aide, uh, what was his name? Alan Adams? Or, or he, you mean, yeah. 
Yeah, like his co-pilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He seemed he seemed to be a little bit more noble than that originally, and now he's just like hell yeah, well, you know, wreck shop, whatever. But no, I, no. I guess what? Well, because well, Alan he, Alan's he fighting. No, he 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 got. He got tied up or whatever. Like he didn't go along with it. The it's the it's the guy Doctor Nine who who was oh. Ilo's handler. He's the one who comes oh. in with the headgear. Like I know they're both blonde white guys and all blonde yeah, white guys yeah, look alike, Tony. But but they're actually two different characters. So but 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 the the Doctor Nine he he was the guy who was Ila's handler. He was kind of like the douchebag <laughs> who who you know set her up with the embody stuff so so to me it was kind of like it was kind of like they were busting him out again you know to to it'd be kind of like i suppose if like you know fans of gi joe you know it's like dr venom with the brainwave scanner and it's like you know you read the whole comic about how snake eyes got hit up with the brainwave scanner and then you know a couple issues later it's like you know and now duke's gonna be hit up with the brainwave scanner and you're kind of like didn't we just didn't we just do this like so that that's kind of how yeah. I felt, but I, I well, was curious uh, what you guys thought. Yeah, well, in, in addition to that, you have to forgive me. I watched this about two weeks ago, so we all know my short-term memory. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> No worries. But this fact is true. I think what they were going for is Isla was more of a kind of like a dark horse. She was, you know, this mysterious entrant in the whole thing. And Majin, you know, Kalaguchi is supposed to be this honorable, like, badass so making him go rogue, I think, was the whole idea of, like, you know, making this seem seedier. You know, it's like a rogue element like Isla is not as bad to be, you know, mind-controlled and stuff. But, like, showing how, you know, dark and twisted the Gunpla world is, is, you know, that their magens are even, you know, used as puppets. I guess that's what they're going for. But I do yeah, agree with you. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I see I, what you're saying. I think it probably, like, serves, like, Chairman Mashida's like, character, like, subplot more than it does, like, Yuki's, but, you know, uh, yeah, I, I can see what you mean. It is kind of a rehash, but I, I prefer to think of it as, like, them using elements that were already in play. Basically. Okay, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. So, I guess back to, to what's going on here. All the supporting cast that we've been introduced to over the course of 23 episodes are out there in the stands of the stadium, and they're looking on in anticipation as the final round's going to begin, and, and we end up cutting back to where we left off at the end of the after credits from last episode, where the Majin shows up in his little Setsuna cosplay from Double O. So, basically, like, during during the I guess you'd call it like the pre fight, like there's this this kind of red aura that's surrounding the Majin, and I can even see it in in Tony's avatar because he's got the avatar of the Majin with his his embody goggles, I guess we'll call them, and and you can see this sort of red aura, this outline that that surrounds him, and basically Takashi. And Mr. Rawl both kind of notice this, and they kind of say, "Is don't you notice this?" I think they call it like a hostile pressure that they're sensing from the Majin. And and then I guess as a nod to, I mean, like we didn't already know, but but this is sort of like the the nail in the confirmation coffin or whatever, I guess, for the the Gumpla afterlife or whatever. But Takashi actually calls Mr. Rawl Ramba in it. So, so if there was any doubt, like that he was like Bill Rawl or like you know Steve Rawl or you know Susie Rawl or whatever, no, he is he is Rumba Rawl, you know. Well, I'm quite impressed, kid. I have to hand it to you. You certainly don't mince words, do you? Mm. 
I'm just glad they got that bleach crossover in there. You know, I got spiritual pressure in here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Master Cheenan is actually stating that the aura is exactly the same as the second Majin's. So, so it does kind of bring to light that, that, you know, Yuki's suspicions when he was first being accosted with the embodied goggles is true. You know, that, that, that is true that maybe his, I guess disappointment in in the second Majin's philosophy. Maybe that wasn't all from him, you know. That that he was definitely influenced by an outside force, you know. But I, it seems weird though, because the embody system. I mean, I guess this is another good thing to discuss and bring up a question. But as far as I could tell, the embody system was invented specifically for Isla. So if there was some kind of aura that they noticed in the past with the second Majin, like, that couldn't have been the Embody system. It had to be something else, right? I mean, I, I don't know, like... Yeah, hello? I guess... Oh. I, I was gonna say, I guess, yeah, it seems like this is sort of new, because even, like, Chairman Mashida like, kind of says, like, who knew that we could use, like, the, the Arista, or the giant Plasky particle crystal like this? Yeah, like, yeah, the, that, that this is the first time they're using it to control like a human's actions. So it's like, in one sense, they seem to be implying that, that they've done this before to the second Majin. But then in another sense, maybe, maybe with the second Majin, it was more like a, you know, Emperor Anakin thing. Like he just kind of turned him on to that philosophy and he bought into it or something, as opposed to like mind wiping or mind controlling someone to, to enact his, you know, as, as his, you know, hand or tool or whatever. I just, I just like to point out what good friends Sai, Reiji, and Mao are, because they're like, hey, whatever happened to that Niels Nielsen guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't even think about it. He's like, Niels is in here. wonder where, where he is. <laughs> oh, well, can't be important. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're all in awe over the fight. I don't think anybody's looking for Niels. They're, they're actually paying attention to the, the tournament and the... <laughs> The new costume that, that the Majin has and this aura that everybody's shocked by. And they're, 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 they're probably like, oh, Niels doesn't care about Gumpla Battle anyway. Yeah, he was just into the Plosky stuff, you know. He's probably yeah. off macking on, on Karo-chan, you know. That's that's what's going on. The had, had to be devil's advocate. <laughs> the, the first field in the tournament is space when the match starts. And what they call the Exia Dark Matter suit appears out of nowhere. It, it basically sucker kicks the star build strike right out of the gate. And I wrote right out of the gate in my notes. And then like two minutes later, like the subtitle was like Reiji going, man, right out of the gate. And I'm like, oh, OK. Like, so I guess I, I write this shit before it even it even gets on the screen sometimes or whatever. But did, you, did you like yell at the screen, Secret Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Secret Brothers with you, show. I'm, I'm writing you before you you show me what you're about to show me. Like basically, <laughs> the the absorb shield ends up being deployed to handle all these beam attacks from the dark matter, and it fires off this super beam cannon attack. So it you know it absorbs all the beams that the that Yuki is firing at him, and then it fires back with the super beam cannon attack. But the Exia Dark Matter, I guess, is, you know, you're talking about Niels Nielsen. It basically, like, steals his signature move, because he kind of, like, cuts right through it. So he's doing that Plavsky particle mastering or whatever, you know, that, that Niels Nielsen likes to do. 
And so then at that point, the fight ends up turning to beam sabers, and the star build strike's main camera is damaged, and the beam weapon is destroyed by the Exia Dark Matter. And then, this is back to Alan Adams. See, this is what you were asking before, Tony. But basically, like, there's a little cutaway scene where Alan Adams is pleading with Dr. Nine, like, you know, stop this. This isn't what, you know, this isn't what Yuki wanted. You know, they just wanted to have this good, you know, fun match where everybody would, you know, be excited about Gunpla Battle and everything. Whereas this is something completely different because he's being sort of mind-controlled to be this ultimate weapon and just beat the crap out of the, you know, the star build strike and everything. Yeah. You know it's getting too serious when, like, even the Gunpla guy is like, okay, you're taking Gunpla way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up cutting back to Niels Nielsen, who you're asking about, and Caroline, and they're tied up while this giant yellow crystal is glowing in the background. And... The Star Build Strikes backpack add-on gets destroyed, and Chairman Mashita basically is is cheering on his his duped, brainwashed fighter. You know, he's kind of like, yes, you know, beat up that prince and everything like that. And he actually gives the the giant yellow crystal a name, and he he's basically saying that this is kind of what Mike was talking about earlier, but he, he has a, a line where he, he says, I thought Arista could only be used to move Gunpla. So the, I guess the idea is without this crystal, there would be no Plovsky particles and there would be no Gunpla battle as we know it, you know, as we've been watching it these last 23 episodes, the whole premise of Gunpla battle is dependent on this crystal to move the toys, you know? So I guess that's, that that's basically your explanation, you know. The, a wizard did it. This Arista crystal does it. You know, that's that's what basically the science. You know, if you're if you're going to get all technical about it, you probably won't have many answers. But in this case, you know, this is this is what brings Gunpla Battle to life and everything. And he's now saying, well, this is the first time we've used it on a human being. So that's kind of scary and interesting all at the same time, I suppose. You know. Well, it is kind of like a standard trope in a Gundam show. Not all of them. I mean, there are some obvious you know, exceptions. But nine times out of ten, near the end of a series, they usually throw in a little mysticism, you know, boogity-boogity with the show. So Yeah, yeah. Bo- bo- yeah, blue cupcake-y, boogity-boogity, T-sphere kind of nonsense. Yeah, like that. that's that's what this crystal is, basically. I mean, it, it basically is the, the catch-all that, that accounts for any kind of you know, strangeness that, that occurs. What's interesting too is, I mean, this all started with a wish from, from Psy, right? To, to have help with Gunpla and then Reiji shows up and, and there seems to be some indication that these particles are responsive to the wish of, of an individual who is very emotional about that wish. And, and then, you know, we cut back to the chairman and Miss Baker and Miss Baker's just kind of like, well, you could you could wish for world domination, like you could wish for anything you want. And in this case, we do go back to the old adage that gunpla is serious business because gunpla is way more important than ruling the world for Chairman Mashida. And he's, I mean, you know, basically this is where we get the down low on his backstory, like it's finally not really a mystery anymore. And he's stating, you know. All he wants to do is just be rich and and live a life of complete ease. And, you know, his backstory is that it turns out he was a petty thief 
from the same country or planet or whatever it is that, that Reiji's from, Arian, and he got the Arista Crystal from the Royal Treasury, and when he did that, he ended up being transported in on Earth, you know, into our world, where we were fans of Gunpla and everything like that. And then he meets Miss Baker, who is cosplaying as Sela. So, and that, you know, that's from the original Mobile Suit Gundam and everything. Did, I mean, is that, was that funny to you guys? Like, that she was cosplaying as somebody who was sort of heroic, but she herself is kind of like, you know, it's, it'd be like, you know, it's like, and then the Joker was transported to the planet Earth. And there he met Harleen Quinzel, who was dressed up as Supergirl. Like, you know, like, that's, <laughs> kind of, that's kind of what I felt like, where I was like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> Well, I mean, it it goes with the show. I mean, after all, like, Rumble Raw wasn't exactly, like, a heroic guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because it seemed like she was, at, at some point in her life, Miss Baker was not always this kind of bitchy, prim and proper kind of lady or whatever. Like, she probably was just, you know, a fan who enjoyed... Gundam at some point, you know, and probably cosplay or whatever. Yeah. She was that chick who goes to the Comic-Cons uh, Comic and all that. <laughs> she gets, like, signed pictures and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. About to get all Trans Am in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, basically, like, Chairman Mishida is this this fugitive, you know, from, from Aryan, and he's basically afraid he's going to get arrested and get deported back there, like, once the prince finds him out. But this was something I was going to ask you guys, too. Like, did you ever, like, stop and think, like, what if Mashida just kind of let shit play out? Like, <laughs> like why, why instead of trying to, like, kill Reiji, or not even kill, but, but I mean, like, why is, I know I'm probably putting too much thought into it, but it's like, why is defeating Reiji in the Gunpla tournament going to avoid him getting arrested and deported? Like, wouldn't you want to keep a low profile? Like, it seems like doing all this brought him to Reiji's attention as opposed to the other way around. Like, so, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's pretty much absolutely the thought I had. I was like, you know, if you just left well enough alone, you would have been, like, you know, you, winning. You would have been you, were, like, you would be living, living your peaceful life or whatever, <laughs> you know? You would have been living large, buddy. Like yeah, he's just... he's basically somebody would just like, hey, it's me, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, what if you just didn't make such a damn fuss? Like, then nobody would have known. Well, the mo know? the moment like like he Ragey met him face to face and like re like revealed he didn't even know who he was. He should have been like, oh, he doesn't know who I am. Okay, well then forget yeah, it. Yeah, then then I'm in the free and clear. Like then then I won't stop poking the fucking. Hornet's nest or whatever, you know. The well, I mean, the, the, the fact that Rage even says, "If you just do what's right, I don't care." He was like, "As long as you don't screw with us, then I'm. I don't. I give no shits about you." He should have just been like, "Oh." He should have been like, okay. "All right, then I better just do right by this guy." You know? Yeah, but I guess he didn't because I guess then we wouldn't have had all this excitement and, and action and everything. But yeah, that's. It seems strange but, to me. Let's go for a no prize and just like say off camera, maybe Miss Baker was like telling him that Reiji was a threat, and we'll just go with that. Okay, 
Okay. Cutting back to the the battle and everything. The, originally, the field was space, and then all of a sudden, Miss Baker, you know, while she's whispering into Chairman Mishida's ear for the no prize, she's also changing the battlefield to this sort of internal mechanical-looking maze where the the Star Build Strike eventually runs into this dead end, and so. Basically, there's nowhere else for it to go, and so the Dark Matter Exia and the Star Build Strike have to face each other head-on. The Exia freezes both of the Build Strike's beam sabers, and then he pulls out, like, this fire sword and smashes them to bits, you know, once they're frozen. And so then he ends up impaling the Build Strike to the wall, and they're trying to fire off their Vulcan cannons, but it doesn't really do anything, and then I'm like, this is what I put down in my notes, I'm like, the dark matter Exia is all, give me your face, Optimus Prime, or whatever, (laughs) it just totally, like, grabs his face and everything like that, I mean, you know, it's looking pretty grim at this point, I mean, it really looks like the Star Build Strike has lost all its power and everything, and Ragey's, you know, screaming at the suit to move, and, you know, the dark matter Exia is just content to punch the crap out of the suit for the rest of the match and everything. Well, if you looked in the bottom corner of their uh, status screens, it was clearly saying, here's the ball on the power. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on, but on a, the right side, there is hope, though, in the stands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Takashi's there. His father is there. It, it, it's a weird scene. I mean, I, I think I get the scene, but... It's kind of interesting, like, you know, like any parent, you know, he'd be concerned about his son. But then again, it's only a game, so then you start to question, like, is the concern valid? Is what what I always end up thinking, like, throughout the course of a lot of these things. Like, are they in any real danger or anything like that? But, you know, basically, Takashi is about to protest, you know, kind of say, oh, well, I'll take this to the board, you know, even though, obviously, if, if the chairman of the board is this Mashita guy, like, obviously the whole thing is corrupted, right? But, so I don't know what good protesting would do, but even Master Chinin is kind of like, look, th- these are the cards these kids were dealt, like, just let's, let's let it play out and see what happens, you know, like, I, it, it's kind of an interesting take, because I think the take is, it doesn't matter if somebody cheats you, like, try to finish the game anyway because it's gunpla, or because it's important, you know, like, I, I, it's, it's an interesting I don't know. That that's kind of the the lesson it seems like they're trying to impart. I don't know. What what did you guys take away from that exchange? Like, did did you take anything away any different than that? Or I I think Master Chin is the only guy who gets that this is for fun. <laughs> like he he seems to just have a good time with it, and everybody else is like, "This is so serious," and he's like, "It's models." <laughs> they are they're, guess... they're literally playing with models. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he he was just like, well, the match isn't technically over yet, so you know that you can like. I mean, complaining at this point wouldn't really do any good. So I mean, you know, he was like, maybe if you really want to complain after it's over, then you can do that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Point, it, yeah, yeah. It seemed like Takashi's intent was to protest to get them to stop the match, and Master Chinin's stopping him is just like, well, no, let's, let's let this finish. Let's let it play out and see what happens. Like, like basically in some sense to me, it was more like have faith in, in your son to handle himself at this point, you know, the kind of like, Oh, let your kid walk across the street. You know, like, it's like, he'll be cool. Like, you know, he'll, he'll make it to the other side type thing, you know, like where, you know, you're like, I'm going to protest. I'm going to make all these cars stop. 
and then I'm going to put my hand up and walk in front of my son and make all these cars stop around him, you know, and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Like, he can he can handle himself, you know, he's okay. I, I remember, like, the first time I was watching this episode, I thought, like, with all the damage the strike had taken at this point and the fact that it shut down, I thought they were going to get a rematch or something cause, and they were going to, like, lose, like, right here because I was mm. like, holy crap, like, it's already, like, half destroyed. But Well, that, yeah, it seems to be, it seems to be like that kind of situation. They they have the scene with Miss Baker where she's like straight out of, you know, she's like Seth Green in Austin Powers where she's kind of like, you know, why don't we just kill him now? I'll just go get a gun and you and me, we can just shoot him, you know? And, and, and you know, the chairman's being all Dr. Evil where he's like, no, no, no. Like, Exia's got this and, and I'm going to enjoy Exia beating the shit out of this prince. Like, he seems to be reveling in the the, the sort of savagery that's being perpetuated on the on the toy, you know, like like ah ha ha, he will totally own this toy, you know, or whatever. Maybe maybe that kind of explains the chairman. Really, it's like maybe he's been so out there and like so visible to Ragey, not because he could have stayed silent and stuff. He's got like such a boner for this kid to like go down. He's just like you know, yeah, yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah. That, that yeah. that's a good good way to no prize it that that he he has some kind of grudge even though it's it's really not justified you know he's like he's like you know Reggie's a, a damn one percenter and he wants him to see him get his or whatever you know even though it seems like he's a pretty cool kid you know what I mean so I yeah I don't know so the chairman is obviously enjoying all this suffering and everything but while he's sort of making all these exclamations and everything. Because Isla has that gem that Psy gave her, she can actually hear the chairman. Like, she, she, she hears it kind of, you know, like, use the force, Luke. You know, like, she, she hears this shit in the background and can kind of figure out, like, wait, you know, Yuki's being, you know, mind-controlled by, by the chairman. And then she's able to contact Psy and Reiji and sort of let them know, like, th- this is what's going on, you know, like, he's, your friend's being mind-controlled and everything like that, and then this is, this is basically the age-old Japanese trope, man, this is traditional, round the two power, because they were, <laughs> they were totally fucked, like, you, like we're saying, they had no power, they're impaled to the fucking wall, like, they, they should... Basically, at this point, like, they should be defeated. This is the point where everybody's like, oh, you know, Naruto's dead, or, oh, you know, Goku's fucked, or, oh, you know, like, Superman got fucking, you know, knocked under the river, and everything's done for, and, and nobody's nobody's coming up, you know, nobody's alive. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see the eyes light up on the star build strike and everything, and they purge the, the right shoulder arm that's impaled to the wall so they can free themselves from this, this, you know, imprisonment and everything. And, you know, Reiji is finally, now that they have the knowledge that he, that the Majin is being mind-controlled, like, he's trying to appeal to his ego, you know, he's saying, like, how did somebody like you get controlled so easily, you know, like, why are you such a fucking pussy, fight this shit, you know, like, kind of thing. And the Dark Matter Exia ends up employing the Trans Am because the chairman is like, oh, kill these guys, kill them, or beat them up, or whatever, you know? And even though he employs the Trans Am, basically, it's rounded to power. It's not going to be stopped. 
So they're they're in the mode and everything like that. And in the middle of this, uh, Alan Adams, the the good blonde haired white guy, tackles Doctor <laughs> Nine, the nefarious white uh, blonde haired white guy. So he can't mess with the Embody system anymore and and keep you know basically sort of nudging the Majin to to fight them and everything. And at this, this is point, for blonde subordinates everywhere. <laughs> Some of us are good. Oh, tackle. Yeah. The the field ends up getting changed again from that sort of, you know, mechanical maze, and it goes back into outer space. The star build strike, basically, uh, it, it, I guess they call it the dark matter booster, but it's like this weird backpack thing on the dark matter Exia. And it turns into like I don't know, like rat bat or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it, it seems like a way for him to beat the shit out of something without him actually beating the shit out of his friend. You know, like it's like this spare, you know, transformation backpack thingy or whatever. He takes his what they call the brinical blade, and he he impales this bird thing or whatever, and so he defeats that. And then the star build strike turns on the the RG system. Which I was starting to go like shit. What is this round three power? Like he's he's getting like another <laughs> another fucking power up and everything. And you can hear the the theme song playing in the background. You know everything just got fucking real. And then it's like he tries to do the the build knuckle, but that misses. And then the Exia is still attacking like all his weak points, like everything that was basically broken during the fight while he's in Transam mode and stuff like that. There, there was some trivia. I don't, I don't really recall this or anything, but there was some trivia at this point. I think if anybody would know, it's Mike because it was some kind of a double O type trivia or whatever. Did you notice anything in terms of of when they rediscover their arm that they abandoned or whatever? No, I don't think. So. Okay, I, it, it basically on the wiki it just says that that their discovery of the discarded right arm is similar to how Riven's Allmark rediscovers the abandoned GN triple O Gundam or whatever. So oh, I don't, like I, I don't really, re- yeah, I don't, no, no, no. I don't, I don't remember that precisely because it's been a while since I've seen the series, but I was kind of like, maybe it's, I don't know. It seems like kind of a stretch. But that's a stretch to you. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I just, I'm just mentioning it cause it was, I, I, I'm, you know, I put those in, when we got to those points, so I figured we could discuss it. If anybody, I mean, that's something I didn't. It didn't really remind me of anything in particular, but I, I, I wasn't maybe, sure if I just didn't remember I, it correctly. I, I, I can, I don't know. I kind of vaguely remember the scene, but maybe it's because like he gets like the little like picture in picture in his cockpit of it or something. Okay, or, okay, I, I okay. Know. Basically, at this point now, the Star Build Strike has both of his hands back. And it uses the RG double build knuckle, which is its final super finishing move. Now, I'm not a big fan. Like, I haven't really watched this show, but I guess it's supposed to be an homage to Gaio Gygar, like, where they have this finishing move called Hell in Heaven. And so I did actually, like, watch a clip of it, and I'm like, it's pretty similar. I mean, both the the arms glow, kind of like they're glowing in this, and then they, you know, they either kind of do some kind of, like, Kirby smash with the arms or whatever, like, something to that effect. And it's it's kind of pretty similar to to how this double build knuckle is, is accomplished on the Dark Matter Exia. <laughs> 
Scion round of four power now? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're, they're, uh, I, I still think it's round two, but 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 round three. I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe round four because they got the arm back and everything. I don't know. They're, they they, they, they <laughs> basically like everybody. It's like they get a series of power ups to to basically pull out, you know, bust out the win here. Which it, it, it's like it's like even like Sinji or whatever his name is, and like Evangelion is like, okay, this comeback is bullshit. <laughs> oh, oh, Shinji, yeah, yeah, Shinji, yeah. And we know he's the king to come back, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, Naruto and Shinji and all those guys are like, whoa, like, this is this is even too much for even us, you know? <laughs> it is cool. It is cool. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. Reiji and Sai, they win the fight. I mean, everybody's happy. You know, we cut around. Some people are crying, tears of joy, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, they're a little concerned that because Yuki's been, you know, mind zonked this whole time. So they're running over to him. And it turns out, you know, Yuki's fine. It looks like I mean, he's a little he's a little disheartened. You know, he he thinks, you know, because he his will was overcome by the system. You know, he's like, I, I kind of ruined this this final match for you guys. But, you know, the, the, you know, it's it's Sai and Reiji. They're kind of like, it's cool, dude, bro. We'll we'll totally do a gunplay battle again. Like, we'll we'll totally fight again. And stuff. Now, uh, you know, okay, I, I've seen the last episode, so I sort of know the answer to this question already, and I imagine you guys have seen the last episode as well, but since we're on the, the you know, penultimate episode, you know, and we're, we're not quite there yet, at this point in time, my my question in my own head is, do you think this match really counted? I mean, I, I kind of thought it didn't count, because I was like, well, dude, like, Yuki you know, Majin was mind-controlled. So, like, I mean, I know they were like, you know, the the winner of the match is the star build strike, and everybody's like, yay! But I'm kind of like, he was mind-controlled. Like, <laughs> that doesn't really count, does it? Like, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, maybe they didn't... Well, they clearly don't know that the chairman is, like, corrupt as fuck or whatever at this point. So yeah. I guess, yeah, they maybe they just thought it was all part of the show or something. Okay, okay. But I, 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 I think it was a good... I think maybe that's what it was. Like, you're, we were talking about earlier how this seemed really similar to Isla, but maybe they just did this so Yuki would have an out because he's been built up as so strong and everything. They're like, okay, so if he's mind-controlled... Maybe it'll be easier for the fans to swallow, like, you know, Reiji and Sai, you know, beating the crap out of them, even if it, like, takes all their strength, because okay. we don't really see Yuki's true, you know, skill and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I could go along with that. Now we're we're back with Chairman Mashida, who is corrupt as fuck, and is now totally fucked, because the Aristocrystal is glowing like crazy, and at this point, we do go back to Niels Nielsen, because Caroline's bodyguard, Sebastian, who reminds me of the bodyguard from Chin Chan or whatever, you know, kicks down the door and finds them and gets them out while this crystal is glowing and they don't know if it's going to explode or what and everything. Uh, we cut back to Dr. Nine, the, the evil blonde-haired white guy, and he's basically like... <laughs> The system is out of control, you know, so everything's going to hell in a handbasket. The tournament ring begins to be enveloped with 
all the Plofsky particles because this is basically this crystal is is located in the I guess the basement. You know, it's it's underneath the arena and everything. And so then at that point, when the Plofsky particles are dispersed, we can see on Reggie's face that he sees something, something shocking, but we don't know what it is. And then we go to the after credits, and we find out what that shocking thing is. It is a Bawaku that has somehow entered into the real world. And I guess it, this is supposed to be notable because... You know, Abawaku is the Space Fortress from the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and I guess the last time it was actually animated was in Zeta Gundam. So it's been a really, really long time. I think, what is that, like 1985? So it's been a lot of years since it's been animated. 30-year anniversary. <laughs> and I guess it's 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 to scale model with the models. or It's it's the 1 144th Abawaku model set. <laughs> Oh, that's cool! Wow, I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, if you, think, you, guys you think this friggin' Zaku was big? <laughs> if you guys were billionaires, would you commission someone to make a one forty four like <laughs> Abawaku playset for your? How 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 could you like? Do, do you have to like cut out a slice of it like a pie so you could actually like stick your your gun you plus need, on the inside? You need some kind of like moving scaffold so you can like put your gun plus like all over it and stuff. Or, or it'd be like it'd be like that whole Millennium Falcon thing where like you take off pieces of it to like see on the inside but you could secure them back on the outside later for the the outside and inside effect. It's all made out of Legos. Yes. It's serious business. <laughs> I, I will I will say this ending did kind of remind me of something and Maybe I, I'm just such a big fanboy of the series, I keep seeing these ideas everywhere. It does kind of remind me of the penultimate episode of G Gundam, which actually plays out next episode. No spoilers, we'll find out when we do the next episode, where, like, a big threat has emerged, and, hmm, who could fight this? Man, it's not like we have all these Gundam pilots here. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, I mean, but other than I, yeah. other than the fact that the Majin was mind-controlled, I mean, it was pretty enjoyable episode. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was a good fight, but like I said, I was, like, at certain points I was kind of like, man, like, I guess, like, Cyan Reiji had a bit too much main character-itis at points, where I'm like, man, like, you know, some Gunpla, like, explode if you, like, just nudge them, but, like, the Star Belt <laughs> Strike's taking a lot of punishment this episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it is it is based on a seed suit, right? I mean, yeah, that's it, true. that that yeah. seems to be inherent with those those guys, right? That's true. But like when it when it's like eyes shut off, I was like, "Well, that's it. It can't work anymore." Yeah, right? yeah, is yeah. Is that it? Like it was like, "No, I guess not." And then they have like a minute-long conversation during which I guess the Exia was just kind of floating there where they're like, "We're still going to fight." Like like, they turn they're, back, they're like, and, like, the XE is, like, ripping their model in half or something. Like, oh, okay. There was actually, like, a cutscene where, like, Yugi just, like, walks over to where they're standing and, like, takes it off the uh, platform and throws it against the wall, like, four times. Puts it back <laughs> on the platform. He's like, that'll do it. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, I mean, I, I think that's what the scene with the chairman and Miss Baker was for, where Miss Baker's kind of like, you better, you better have them finish this, like, for good instead of like toying with them at the end, you know, like stop playing with your food, just fucking kill it, you know, so. I, I will agree with Mike on one thing, though. I think this episode 
was more to show the evil machinations and the backstory of the chairman than to actually have Yugi be like an opponent. He was just kind of like a MacGuffin. He's like, oh, he's he's now just bad guy of the week. He isn't actually that character now. Yeah. It is it is kind of a disappointment that we won't get to see like a full on battle between them, like with all of their skills, like and you know, in both of their right minds, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even Ayla got like, you know, at least like maybe like a minute of actual fighting as herself, so Alright guys. Well I, I hope you've enjoyed listening to our discussion about Mobile Suit Gundam Build Fighters, episode 24, Dark Matter. Pretty much, we're we're almost done. We're at the home stretch here. We got one more episode. We're kind of excited, and I guess it's kind of bittersweet, too. So we'll see you next time. And this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. This is Tony, and in honor of it being so close to the end, no witty comment. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. Get into it. Okay. I think I'm good. Majin Kawaguchi is wearing stunning new headwear. Looks kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. Hey, 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 it glows. It glows. Yeah, that's true. The cool factor probably cancels that out. (laughs) Sorry, my dog's sitting here whining at me, so I'm going to. Escort him out of the room, and then I'll wrap this up. Hang on. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you guys serious business, dog.